I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. G'day and welcome to the call. 10 stocks picked by you two experts one hour. It is Thursday, the 12th of October. I'm Andrew Gagan. Great to have you with us, our two experts on the show for today. Grady Wolf from Bell Direct and Howard Coleman from Team Invest. Welcome to both of you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. Good to be here. Howard, let me start with you first. Mm. Do you feel as though perhaps the market has turned? Um, I was just taking a look at some um, analysis from more technical uh, analysts in the States saying indicators showing that stocks may be oversold. And of course, then you get that seasonality as far as that strength traditionally uh, into year end. What are your thoughts on where we're at at the moment? Well, I think uh, it's surprising how high markets in fact are and how buoyant they are when you consider interest rates have been rising and pretty much everybody's finally waking up to the reality that inflation doesn't go away all that quickly and interest rates are going to have to stay high for quite a long time. So. Uh, you know, uh, to to be seeing the stock market sort of smiling off everything that's going on in the world is quite surprising. Um, I'm. Does that make you cautious, though? As a result. Well, in the in the end, you're investing in the best businesses. Yeah. So as long as you're investing in the best businesses, you don't really worry too much about what the market does. But if you're an index uh, buyer, if you're buying the index, uh, I would certainly be worried about it because, uh, you know, uh, index seems to be incredibly high for all the things that are going on in the world at the moment. All right. Yeah, interesting take then. Uh, so I would take that as caution. Uh, if you, As you say, if you're investing in index, Grady, what are your thoughts? Are you more optimistic or pessimistic at this stage? I think at the moment we're a little bit more optimistic about what's going on. And I think as the markets have shown, there is strength in uh, buying in equities at the moment. And there, a lot of the companies have been sold off so heavily that are really high quality businesses. So ProMedicus for one, a lot of the healthcare stocks that are such high quality businesses, they continue to come under pressure. CSL is down so far today. And it's just like how are invest, I'm just wondering like what the investor sentiment and why they're moving in such a way because the outlook for such companies is so strong. Like the need for ResMed products, which is sleep apnea products, are there, like there's never gonna be a decline in demand. It's everyone who snores needs or has sleep apnea needs these products. So I'm just, it's a really confusing time, but I think as the market goes to show, we've had a rally this week and that's on the back of oil prices, especially in the energy sector. It's it's a really volatile market, but it's also really reactive markets. So invest are reactive to any signs of positivity, negativity, anything. So um, with the FOMC meeting minutes coming out yesterday or this morning US time, I think that was taken as pretty um, optimistic. And so investors see that as a good thing. And obviously markets rally as a result. So Yeah, certainly those minutes, um, many regarded as more, ho- more 
Ah, dovish, I yeah. should say, than yeah. anticipated. So one yeah. more hike, apparently, and well, maybe go. maybe not even. Exactly. Some say maybe they needed, are at yeah. the peak. Um, exactly. Maybe similarly applying here locally as well. Uh, yeah, you mentioned Resmed, in fact, down almost six percent again today. Like, so wow, I, I just can't I even understand. Noticed, but, yeah, <laughs> sounds crazy to me. Honestly, it's like the best buy opportunity. Not advice, by the way. It's just yeah. a really good company. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, let's get into uh, our first five. We're going to take a look at uh, corporate travel management, uh, Adacel Technologies, DeGray Mining, BCI Minerals, and John's Ling Group. Our stock of the day is Tabcorp. It has revealed its revenue taint in the first quarter in its latest trading update. The gambling company saying revenue dropping more than 6% in the first quarter. Gaming services revenue down uh, 12.7%. Uh, due to the EBIT sale in February and Tabcourt Chief Executive uh, they're saying that the company continues to be relentless in the way it executes its Tab25 strategy to make the right decisions for the long-term success of the business. So let's uh, see what our experts have to say on Tab then. In fact, it initially fell about 10%. It has since uh, come back from that point. Um, Grady, what are your thoughts on Tabcorp? It's a really strong company. It's a really good company. They've got quite a lot to look forward to over the coming months. They're actually executing a, um, a FY, I think it's FY25 plan at the moment. So while they're going through this execution phase, it's nothing to be too worried about. And um, any decline in revenue, that's simply because of fixed odds, margins, and uh, the way people are betting. So it's kind of an uncontrollable. But at the same time, they've got the NBA season coming up. They've got the spring racing season coming up. So we know punters are going to be punting. Um, it's part of the discretionary kind of spend area of consumer spending. So we know people, it's a high cost of living environment. People are a lot tighter with their money, but so naturally these kind of companies come under pressure in such an environment. But at the same time, it is a really strong company. They're executing a really good plan. Um, I would take this as a buy opportunity, to be very honest with you, um, ahead of some busy times for the company. So some revenue strength coming through and yeah, it's an exciting time. So yeah, bye. Sounds like it's been on the track as well yeah. as on the stock. Exactly. Uh, Howard, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, certainly if we did go into a recession, I'm not for a moment suggesting we are going to, <laughs> but if the world did go into a recession, uh, gambling companies tend to do really well because although theoretically it's discretionary spending, mm. um, when people really feel times are tough, they prepare to make bets far more than when they think times are good. And you've only <laughs> got to look back through history to, to see that's the case. From a team invest perspective, we never like companies like this because our members have a philosophy that um, you shouldn't invest in anything unless you'd like it to be hugely successful and more of it in the world. So, um, and while the members often have different opinions on different things, it's pretty much uh, unanimous among our membership that nobody really thinks the world benefits by having more gambling. So um, we've never uh, done a, a detailed analysis with our members on any gambling company because whenever anybody suggests one uh, and we say, well, who wants to do it? About three hands go up and all the rest go, no, no, what are we looking at that for? <laughs> so it's not a company I know much about, but if I look back in history, its share price was once about $10. It's mm. now about a dollar. 
So it's been a terrific capital killer over the years, <laughs> mm. but not something one would want to be invested in. But I'm sure Grady knows far more about what its future's <laughs> like than I do because I wouldn't even bother looking and Team Invest wouldn't, in <laughs> fact, look at it. All right, so I'm calling that an avoid then from you. And as, as I guess you say there, it's particularly as far as those ESG considerations, many people, of course, as investors, unwilling to yeah. go there in those particular stocks. All right, well, let's uh, get into the stocks as picked by you. The first one being corporate travel management. In fact, um, Michael wanting to have a look at this one. It is Travel Solutions, Corporate Events, Leisure. Uh, He's asking, what on earth is going on? It's in free fall. We're all worried about consumer sentiment, but uh, corporate travel is exposed to government and business travel primarily, areas that are less likely to experience decline. He says he's written it down from $19. Do I cut losses or is it a buying opportunity? Howard? Yeah, well, I think when you say what's, uh, Michael, good question, what's going on with it? But really your question is what's going on with its share price on the market. Mm -hmm. That's nothing to do with the business. The business, as far as everybody can tell and the reports show, uh, since we've come out of COVID, has been growing like crazy. And with the acquisitions it made during COVID, it should be about twice the size um, when finally travel reaches its pre-COVID levels. So it's a company that's likely to have significantly higher earnings next year and the year after. In other words, the company's doing really well. Why is the share price not doing well? Who knows? Markets are not nearly as rational as economists would like us to believe. Um, you know, if economists were, were right and markets were, and people like Eugene Farmer who talked about, you know, um, markets being completely rational. Mm. If that were true, Warren Buffett would be middle class today. <laughs> and, uh, and everybody else who's a successful investor wouldn't be a successful investor. Markets are most of the time in the long term rational, but in the short term, very irrational. As Grady pointed out and you pointed out earlier on, ResMed dropping 6% oh. today <laughs> was $40 not that long ago, which yeah. was clearly overpriced. Yeah. But its current prices, I mean, really, there's nothing wrong with that business. No. And the same thing with corporate travel. So, Michael, uh, this is a company you could probably expect its earnings to be significantly higher in five years' time, which means probably, therefore, share price will be significantly higher in five years' time. But you never know on any individual day, week or month what silly things go on on stock markets. (laughs) So, is it a buying opportunity at this level then, Howard? Well, uh, it's certainly pretty close. I mean, uh, I've actually got an order in for some at uh, a little bit lower than they currently are. I'll have a look how much lower <laughs> if you hang on a sec. So about 16.88 at the moment. Yeah, I think I've got an order in at about just under 16. So mm. if it gets there, I'd be very happy to add to my holding. I own it, uh, I should mm-hmm. say. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So I'm going to call it a buy, but perhaps at a bit of a lower level. Nonetheless, yeah. uh, for other people, maybe now is the time to get in, you're saying. Yeah. You know, when, when, you when, when, when a business is growing its earnings <laughs> yep. and its share price is going down, that's the time you want to be buying it. Yep. All right. Grady, do you agree? It's a double buy today right. um, at the moment. So there's a few things to understand about corporate travel management. So first of all, travel companies are still coming back from COVID lag. So they've still, they're still getting towards 100% operational capacity pre-COVID. So they're about at 65% in the US at the moment, 75% of pre-pandemic levels in Europe. So they're still coming back. But the thing about this company is that 
the, what the one thing that's making it hard for um, corporate travel especially is the fact that uh, Zoom has really taken over for a lot of business meetings. So that has definitely dampened their demand on that front. But at the same time, they've still got government contracts and contracts with the government is exactly what you want. So while um, less people are traveling for business meetings, it's still a contract base. So they've still got annual recurring revenue coming through in that form. Um, they have some uncontrollable misses. So the uh, New Zealand and Australian businesses were weaker in the post pandemic environment of FY23, but the US has done some heavy lifting for them. So they've got exposure in Europe, US, Australia. So with global exposure, you expect a company like this to do pretty well. Um, the, as Howard correctly said, they've got some, they've had some pretty big acquisitions during COVID. And again, these are set to play out over the coming financial years. So once the revenue starts being realized at the same time that their operational capacity goes back to 100%, then we've still then we've got some serious money coming through. So I agree with Howard buy rating at this level. All right, that is a double buy. Therefore, that is uh, going straight to the committee to take a look at when next they meet. All right, our second stock to take a look at is Adacel Technologies, uh, picked by Isabel. It is a uh, global uh, tech company. Uh, develops, implements uh, traffic control systems, primarily uh, air traffic control, uh, simulation, and training. In fact, it has recently just uh, picked up a contract with the Federal Aviation Administration in the States. And I guess when we take a look at the share price, you can see the reaction there. It did receive a big bump. As a result, uh, also has uh, contracts with the US Department of Defense, plus uh, civil air navigation service providers as well. Grady, what are your thoughts? Buy rating at the moment oh, okay. <laughs> with a price target of 80 cents per share. Now, this company I had didn't actually know too much about until recently when obviously the contract was announced. And the contract's an important one because they actually lost this contract six years ago. So losing that contract is a big, uh, big thing. Obviously, losing a contract of any kind is not a good thing, but getting it back is even better. And the contract that they've got is a five-year, um, $59 million contract in US dollars, but it's just for the hardware. It's not for the software. So what we're expecting is that a second contract will come through just for the software uh, very soon. So that obviously puts another um, a watch kind of watch and wait on this company to see whether the software contract comes through. But the fact that they got the hardware contract is a really positive thing, given that once you lose a contract, a lot of companies definitely kind of err away from you and don't um, kind of consider you for the contract again. But the fact they've re-won the contract is a really big thing. Um, also in the fact that at the moment, we've obviously got rising geopolitical tensions around the world, a lot of company, uh, countries are Around the world are reassessing their defense spend so and given that in in this day and age we've got drone we've got um like aerospace problems happening and aerospace delivery of obviously attacks it's a really important thing to have uh aviation as part of your defense strategy and your well, defense you, so spend. you're saying it'll require greater management of air space yeah absolutely this is potential tailwind. A hundred percent potential tailwind at the moment. And then a lot of countries around the world are reassessing their defence spend, especially in the aerospace. So that could put them on the forefront of another contract in the future. So yeah, buy rating at the moment, we like what they're doing. And um, they're obviously this contract secures some revenue moving forward with a potential second contract in the software coming forward soon. All right, Grady, you're on a roll. I'm, I'm loving the buy. I'm very bullish today. <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> Uh, Howard, is this one that you're that you've taken a look at? Are you? Um, I'm not it or as not? excited about this company okay. because about every fifth year it's made a loss. <laughs> so it makes a profit for about four years, then makes mm. a loss. 
they tend to be five-year contracts. Now, when I hear that a company lost a contract but won it back five years later, the first thing that goes through my mind is they cut their margins. They cut their price. Because how do you win a government contract? By being cheaper than everybody else who tenders, which usually means you make no money. So um, when companies win, I always think won a contract and the word win is a terrible description because you only win if you got a contract at a margin that you're going to make a lot of money out of. And if there were lots of other people bidding for the same contract, if you were the cheapest and you so-called won the contract, you probably lost. You're going to be making much less money than you would have been making if you'd quoted a higher price. And maybe that's why every five years they run at a loss. So we look for in Team Invest for companies that are going to consistently be increasing their earnings year after year after year, like a flight of steps going up year after year after year. Now, this one does that for four years, then has a big drop and goes into loss, then does it for another four years, has a big drop going to loss. So not the kind of company that Team Invest members would be enthusiastic about. But it sounds great what it does, but obviously they don't do it from a business point of view terribly well. <laughs> if you are in it, what would you do with it? Uh, probably sell it. Well, okay. But I wouldn't right. be, you know, it's not the kind of thing that I'd be saying, hell, I've got to get rid of it today because yeah. this is a capital killer tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. But I'd be saying there must be a better place I can put my money. Okay. All right. Well, there's a good point of difference right there. Okay, that was Adicel. Let's now get into some mining with DeGray, our third stock, picked by Tom. And uh, it's a gold developer there. Uh, Goldman Sachs, in fact, uh, believing that um, it's got a buy rating with a target of $1.40, um, feeling that de-risked its uh, HEMI project in WA. And, of course, I guess the other issue we need to discuss here is where the gold price is going at the moment. It has certainly leapt high, particularly on those geopolitical concerns that have developed uh, horrifically out of the Middle East this week. Howard, DeGray. Yeah, I mean, it's called DeGray Mining. It should probably be called DeGray Exploration because it isn't actually doing any mining yet. Um, So it's still got lots of capital expenditure to come. And 10 years ago, there were 53 million shares on issue. They've done that many capital raising since then that they're now one and a half billion shares on issue. Wow. So Team Invest members would probably joke that the most efficient part of its mining is mining its shareholders' wallets. <laughs> so far. Now, you know, it appears to have a terrific gold resource, but if you can't turn that into money for your shareholders, then it's not a good investment, it's just a good gold resource. And uh, so far, this company seems to be making regular requests from its shareholders for money rather than giving its shareholders any money. So definitely a no from a Team Invest perspective. Well, of course, it ain't cheap digging holes and finding gold, is it? Which which is why mining companies so rarely land up being wealth winners. They usually so capital intensive that everybody gets carried away about how much money it will make one day and it lands up spending far more money to make that money than the money that gets made. Uh, that's why they generally don't prove wealth winners. So Howard, beyond the explorers and developers, are you liking the producers, the gold producers at the moment? Generally not. I mean, I come from, as you know from my accent, from a country that used to produce 85% of all the world's gold. And everybody was going to get rich out of owning gold mining shares. 
But you were far better off if you ignored the 85% of the stock market that was gold mining and you invested in the rest of the stock market. Because the gold price was always going to be much higher soon, but never quite got there. Or if it got much higher soon, when you worked it out after inflation, it actually wasn't any higher at all. In fact, usually was lower. The gold price has risen slower than inflation pretty much for the last several thousand years. So, um, you know, uh, it's hard to get enthused about gold mining companies altogether because they tend to need to mine their shareholders' wallets. I'm not blaming them for it. Mm-hmm. It's a terribly capital-intensive business. Yeah. So on that basis, I'm assuming then that team investors not hold any gold Well, stocks. individual members may hold whatever they like, but yep. I'm not aware of any team invest members owning any gold stocks, put it that way. Fair enough. Great. Uh, it's a specky buy because of a few reasons. Um, they've got the... Molina Gold Project, and then part of that is the Hemi Gold Project, naturally. They've just finished their DFS study, Definitive Feasibility Study, uh, at the 100% owned gold project, the Hemi Gold Project near WA. So WA, Tier 1 jurisdiction, big tick there. Um, The ore reserves and what the actual mine and the reserves look like are really, really strong, and they um, have really put it on kind of a global scale. So whether they produce it themselves or whether it's a takeover target, we're not sure, but it is a really attractive, really, really attractive uh, resource there. Um, the final investment decision is due by mid CY24, so mid next year. And then Which means they, they'll then be asking for more money from the well, shareholders. Well, speaking of money, they just did a $300 million capital raise. So it's, yeah, as Howard correctly said, they do ask for a lot of money. So that's kind of why it's a speculative at the moment. Um, we have a price target of $1.80 on the company. Uh, the other reason we like it is because Gold Road Resources has a 19.99% stake in DeGray. So if you do want exposure to DeGray, mm. you could buy in through Gold Road Resources, which is actually a producing gold miner. Mm. So that's another option to look at. But uh, yeah, we have a strong buy on Gold Road Resources and a spec buy on DeGray. All right. So there's two alternatives there. Yep. Okay. So, Grady, further to the, uh, what I was asking, how then uh, yeah. for, for Bell then, yeah. what, what is your preference in the gold sector? It's definitely the producers already. So yeah. the ones who are producing, so Gold Roads, def- as I said, they're definitely the strong buy rating. Um, and I think that's only our, that's our only gold miner that we have a buy rating on at the moment, just okay. because uh, obviously the price of gold has hit that, those really strong high levels and uh, the fundamentals are there right now, yep. but the outlook, we're not so sure. So I think lithium's definitely where everyone's keeping their eye on. Mm. Um, and that's the where the fundamentals are moving forward. All right, well, let's keep digging in the resources <laughs> sector then. The next one is BCI Minerals, uh, picked by Harry. It's Potash. Um, it's, in fact, it's received credit approval for project finance of some $981 million for its Marty salt project in WA. Um, back home, aren't we, Grady, with mm-hmm. WA again? Yeah, okay. home. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what can you tell us about BCI then? Uh, Bells have a spec buy rating on it with a price target of 44 cents. It is an explorer, so hence the speculative risk that you're taking by buying into BCI Minerals. Has iron ore tenements um, and the Marty Salt and SOP project. So obviously they're still exploring. They have some um, early stage construction going on here, but they had a massive cost blowout. So I think that's why the share price has been a bit turbulent over time, especially over this, I think it was the last five years, because I think last year was the cost blowout. But yeah, so they cost, they blew out the cost by 60%. So, but they do have the backing of Kerry Stokes, which I found out today, which was, it's a very big name to have in your books. Well, let's face it. 
I'm pretty sure he owns WA, yeah. yeah. So you can see there, the cost blew out in 2021. Um, there was a lot of hype around the company. Um, the outlook for iron ore, given that they're in an iron ore tenement space, is really good. Uh, but again, they've blown out their costs and they've blown out their first production was expected in 2024, but they haven't updated as to when that's now expected. So uh, with the timing, it's a spec buy because it's come back quite a way um, and the price target of 44 cents per share. So if you're looking to get exposure into an iron ore explorer, uh, then this is definitely uh, an so, asset. So you're thinking more iron ore rather than the potash angle? Yeah, that's that's kind of the way that we're looking. Yeah, so the iron ore asset is its key asset. So. Um, yeah, so they've got the royalties there. They've got agreements with iron ore tenements in early stages. So, um, but then the salt as well. So it's a, I don't, is it the Marty salt? So the, yeah. I'm not sure what. But I think that's the where the potash thing. is. Unless yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. confused by that. But I mean, yeah. so potash more in the terms of the fertilizer and there's yes. things of potential growth there. But yeah. interesting that you, you focus there on the So the, the yeah, the ore. focus is the iron ore for yeah. bells. So that's, I think the outlook for that is where it's going to be. But um, yeah, so first salt production is expected by 2026. Okay, so all right. In the, I don't know. The, so, these ones do a lot of things in the exploration phases until yeah. they get to the niche, like what they're actually going to produce. Well, so. and given that, <laughs> and given the speculative nature yeah. of it, I am assuming, well, I think I know what you're going to say. I know well, what you're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Besides that, let's look at a little bit of history. If yeah. I'm correct, and I'm pretty sure I am, this company in the last mining boom, not this mining boom, the previous iron ore mining boom, mm. when iron ore got up to $100 a tonne and everybody was going to get to be millionaires because they were investing in iron ore mines, BCI was at that stage one of the market favourites. It was an absolute market darling. Its share price graph went whizz up like that <laughs> and everybody was getting rich. Mm. And then they had a terrible thing happen, a cost blowout. Mm. Funny, sounds familiar. Mm. <laughs> and this big cost blowout happened and the share price tanked and Mineral Resources saved them from going bankrupt, if I remember correctly, yeah. by taking over their iron ore mines right. and paying them a royalty. Yeah. And in the end, you're backing management. You don't run the company yourself. When you're an investor on the stock exchange, you are not running any of the companies that you invest in. So you're trusting management to run that company well and to look after your capital. So when a company has management who've shown in the past that they have a couple of cost blowouts and they've been capital killers once, our team invest members would say, why the hell would we want to back these people? Steer clear of it. So besides the obvious that we don't generally like mining companies, um, they would shudder at it and say, uh, forget this, um, they don't have a good track record as managers. Now, if you want some exposure to the mining, iron ore mining that they have, by owning mineral resources, you get the exposure with quality management. Yep, mm. okay. All right, that was a predictable but um, understandable uh, take from that. Well, I am consistent. <laughs> That's very true. All right, uh, let's round out the first half hour with John's Ling Group. Uh, this one picked by Sky. Uh, it is uh, insurance repairer, claims remediation, uh, and potentially... Uh, can have tailwinds given extreme weather events. We have had a few of those, of course, going back into El Nino. Uh, then I guess you got the um, broader climate change thematic as to whether that is beneficial for John's Ling Group. Uh, Howard, your thoughts? Yeah, well, I have a very uh, positive personal story about John's Ling Group. Ah. You may 
know or not know that I once uh, flew my car from the back of my garage, I went through the back of my garage wall, down onto my tennis court, which is five levels below my garage. And you were in the vehicle at the time? I was in the vehicle at the time. Um, (gasps) I was the idiot who was driving it at the time and crashed my uh, car into the tennis court. In the process, I did a certain amount of damage, a lot more than it first sounds when I say a garage wall, to our house because bricks that fell down broke other things on lower levels and so on. And John's Ling were the contractors that Amy Insurance got in to repair our house. And my personal story with it is they were fabulous. They were absolutely terrific. They made sure that absolutely everything about it between them and Amy, you can't tell that the house was ever repaired. It was all put back to looking exactly the same, despite the fact that some of the brick we've got was fairly unusual brick. They found the brick, etc. They did a wonderful job and they were a pleasure to deal with. At the time, they'd only recently been listed. And I looked at it and thought, hmm, if that company had been listed a long time based on dealing with them and how good they were, I'd buy shares. And I didn't buy shares for the only reason that they hadn't been listed long and to me they were still unproven. Well, since then they've carried on doing really well. Their return on equity is high. Their earnings per share has been growing. They've been doing it with very little debt. The only things I would say one needs to be a little bit aware of is they've now moved into doing similar insurance repairs in the US. That's a big and quite different market. It's really 52 different markets. That's make or break, isn't it? Absolutely. Mm. So there's a certain amount of risk, but is it a well-run business? Um, certainly its numbers show it is. And from a customer's perspective, um, my experience of dealing with them was, yes, it most definitely was. So I'd be quite positive about it. Um, it's on a pretty high PE at 35 for the sort of business that it is. Um, so put it this way, um, I'd be a happy buyer, but at a lower share price than currently. If it's PE got down below 30, maybe, but not at 35. Yep. All right. Um, okay. But so I like the company. But I'm calling it a buy then from you. Okay. No, I won't. No, no, no hand, that's but okay. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, but, but for the viewers, probably not at these prices. Wait but for a few wait, negative days on the stock market. Yep. Okay, all right. Um, interesting way to discover a company and what it does. It wasn't, so, wasn't on purpose. Uh, I don't generally drive my car through walls to find companies. <laughs> all right, crazy. I can't say I've driven my car through a wall or had any experience with the company, but it's it's a very good company. Um, and they're almost in the right place at the right time, but they are trading on really high multiples, as uh, Howard correctly said. Um, they do benefit from weather events, and we, as we know, weather events have been the kind of cycle at the moment. We're in the heart of them with El Nino, La Nina, El Nino again, and uh, it's just never ending really with this climate change movement. Um, The company has had growth, strong growth across most of their businesses. So business as usual was up, I think it was, yeah, 43%. So revenue was up 43%. That's really strong in in the current environment. And as I said, obviously driven by those weather events. Um, We've got a hold at the moment because, and a price target of $6.50. a few reasons for this. The company has been on a run, as Howard said, it is trading very high, and so there are better levels to get in at a lower level. Um, also, the company, ex- their margins have not changed, but they've won a lot of contracts, and so and they're extending their contracts as well. So if your margins aren't going up, but you're extending contracts, and you're also in a high cost environment, it's a really tough 
tough way to impress investors by not increasing your prices when you can with the extension of contracts. So the fact they're not increasing margins is kind of a little bit cautious at the moment. They've also increased their headcount by a third in the US. And as we know, wage price inflation across both, oh yeah, wage price inflation across Australia and the US is continuing to rise, which is a key driver of inflation. So the fact that wages are still going up and they've increased their um, headcount by a third, but they're not increasing their margins, all of this plays in together to say that they're, um, yeah, they're not doing strategic things on the business front. So with that in mind, um, we're just cautious about their domestic volumes as well for business as usual over the coming months. Um, and with higher costs, yeah, that kind of points to a hold rating at the moment to see when the uh, when demand continues to, exp- uh, to go up in the future and also contracts margins expansion is what we want to see okay so a hold from you hold rating at the moment Rob John's Ling group John's all right Ling group. that does round out the first half of the call uh, so let's uh, reiterate where we've been then bit of yin and yang going on here really. <laughs> it always is <laughs> yeah. we, 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 we don't always agree you know. we gel <laughs> all right uh, our stock of the day tab corp uh, and its shares tumbled this morning, have made a bit of a recovery. But gaming services, uh, that's off the back of uh, its uh, latest uh, results there. Uh, revenue there down some 12% or more. Uh, now, Grady, uh, look, it's a buy from uh, from Bell. According to Grady, uh, talks about we're obviously in spring racing season. Uh, we're likely to get, um, that's going to encourage more gaming. Um, Howard also points out perhaps uh, counterintuitively, if you're seeing a worsening economy, actually some of these stocks can benefit as people take uh, will begin to pump more. Uh, but he also points out the longer term trends there just as far as ESG concerns with holding such a stock so as an avoid there from Howard. Corporate travel management, the first one as picked by you. Um, Howard, uh, like it's sort of saying it's a uh, likely to have significant higher earnings. And uh, well, Michael, our viewer, asking, you can't understand why is it fallen? Uh, well, Howard asks the same question, really, but uh, doesn't say that markets don't always make sense. Um, he does have a buy on it, as does Grady. So there is a point of agreement right there. Uh, Grady also pointing out that uh, a travel, it's still recovering essentially from uh, what we've seen through COVID. Uh, Adacel Technologies, a buy from Grady, uh, expecting more contract wins. This is a tech company that develops and implements uh, traffic management systems, does have some contracts with uh, the US uh, government, uh, particularly as far as uh, the aviation administration there. Uh, however, Howard pointing out that um, when Grady actually made this point that they rewon this contract up to five years, Howard says, well, it keeps making a loss every five years because of these contracts where it tends to be the lowest bidder and that's why they win. So a loss is that, I mean, a win is in fact a loss in terms of what Howard's thinking here. So no, he ha- doesn't like it, he's, he'd sell it if he had it. Degray Mining, a couple of resource stocks to consider. Um, Howard uh, saying, look, essentially it's just mining uh, shareholders' wallets at this point, given it's a developer, no from him. A spec buy from Grady saying it's got an attractive resource there, but they do prefer Gold Road in that space. BCI Minerals, a spec buy from Grady, uh, particularly given its iron ore tenements. Uh, Howard pointing out historically, it was a market darling until cost blowouts, which sounds familiar. It's an avoid. Uh, if you want to be in that space, mineral resources is where Howard is looking. And John's Lean Group there, a buy from Howard and a hold. Well, at lower levels, though, you've got to be caught, wait for it to fall a little further. Uh, Grady, though, has a hold on it. All right, that is the first half. Let's uh, take a look, of course, at 
the call's own high conviction fund picked by our investment committee. The latest episode of that is live for you to watch at osbiz.com. So checking in on the update going into October, Avita Medical taken out. It's waiting distributed between Washington, eight salt pats and Altium. 1% was taken out each of Karun, Promedicus and Paladin Energy. Another 1% of cash was spent to add Camplify. Checking in on the performance, our fund is about 8.5% higher on a cumulative return basis since its inception in March last year. So keep your request coming in. Uh, keep the call switched on to see which stocks our committee will be looking at next. Well, next we're going to take a look at PWA, PWR Holdings, uh, Frontier Digital Ventures, Index, Immutep, and Big Tin Can. All right, so let's kick it off with PWR Holdings, picked by Aaron. Uh, ticket code PWH, so don't be confused by that. Provides uh, cooling solutions, uh, aluminium radiators and the like, intercoolers, oil coolers, for uh, particularly in racing. I think F1 has actually picked up some of what they offer here. Grady, let's start with you. It's a hold rating at the moment with a price target of $11. So the company, as we, I'm sure we'll see in a second when the charts come up, it has been on quite a run recently and it's a very niche company. So when you're investing, it's um, if you're into the niche companies and into this kind of formula space of um, the cooling radiance and that, it's it's a good company to be in. But And they've also, as you said, got exposure into the F1. Um, there's growing exposure actually in the aero defense space. So a lot of aero defense in today's the call. Um, but yeah, there is a lot of opportunity there for them. So when we see growth in that area and the new segment and winning contracts in that area, then we can kind of go ahead with um, greater outlook really and greater revenue. But at the moment, we're just seeing that they're trading on a really high multiple. They also have their revenue growth is kind of slowing and um, we see it as more attractive to buy in at less than $10. So what it's trading, I can't, at the moment, it's trading. Uh, oh, let me get back that back. Uh, do we have that? Ten eighty. Ten eighty. So, 10 so yep, under ten dollars is where we see the opportunity to buy in. It's a consistent company. It's a strong company, but um, they've also just launched a new strategy in the US, and eighty-five percent of their revenue is made outside of Australia. So, with that in mind, um, once we see the execution of this new strategy in the US, we're more likely to have a buy rating on it, but yep. at lower levels. So, a hold at the moment. Okay, Howard. Yeah, it passes all our filters. It's got high return on equity. It's got almost no debt and it's got growing earnings. Um, so that's all very positive. When you look at the company, though, their great expertise is making one-off engine cooling systems. Mm. So each Formula One car, they make one-off for that specific car. Oh, so they don't have a production line. It's all nope. specially well, made. It's each one is specially made. Yep. So every driver based on his size, build, etc., and the car that he's driving, they make the cooling system designed specifically for that car, which gives the car and the driver a teeny bit of extra performance. So hardly surprisingly, when you consider how important performance is in Formula One, I think now every Formula One car has their systems in it. The trouble is, yes, every year they need a new car, but where do you go to from there? So hence the talk is they go into aerospace and other forms of cooling systems. But when Boeing or something gets some company, Lockheed Martin, gets a contract for building jets for the United States Air Force, 
They don't want one of each build. Mm -hmm. They want many of each build. It's a completely different business. And having met the management of this company, they are the most incredibly brilliant engineers who clearly love making these one-offs absolutely perfect. I can't imagine them without a massive change in their thinking, being able to uh, handle a, a big contract for multiple ones of the same thing. So I think sadly, this is a fantastic company while it remains niche. And mm. they probably would have been better off staying private because then they could have remained niche. Now that they're, they're on the stock exchange, everybody keeps chasing them to grow yeah. and they'll end up going into things probably that they're the wrong people going into. So love the company, but I don't see long-term growth coming from them. So from a team invest point of view, it's a no, but it's a reluctant no because the company looks terrific as it is. We wish they wouldn't fiddle. Yeah, <laughs> I also wonder whether they're gonna run out of track for F1 when everything turns yeah. to electric. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I don't know enough about the engineering of Formula One cars, Neither. but you wouldn't <laughs> think you need as much well, cooling. Well, not if you've got an EV, no. No. Yeah. But that's, it seems inevitable that's where everything's going yeah, at the moment. Yeah, that's true. So, yes. Good point. All right. Okay. So that is PWR Holdings. Let's now turn to uh, Frontier Digital Ventures. Uh, this one picked by Daniel. Uh, it's um, online classified marketplaces in emerging regions. Got a focus there, particularly Latin America, Middle East, North Africa, Southeast Asia, with a focus on both property and vehicles. Howard, how do you see this one? Its share price hasn't been pretty over the last couple of years. Well, it's not surprising, it's never made a profit. <laughs> so uh, it seems to be that it's appropriately named because it's called Frontier Digital Ventures. And I think the frontiers are just a little bit too far away. Um, but it's never made a profit. So it's been listed for seven years, never made a single profit in those seven years. And worse than that, it's loss this last year was bigger than any previous year's loss. So this does not look like a company that's um, got any prospect of being a long-term a good investment or wealth winner. It hasn't had an enormous amount of capital raisings. It's roughly 50% more shares on issue than it was uh, eight years ago. So they're obviously not going through money all that fast, but they're losing money all the time. And when you're a shareholder, you share in the profits. If there are no profits, there are no profits to share in. So companies that are losing mm. money should be avoided uh, unless you're a complete speculator and you're prepared to take a bet on it like a gamble, but from an investment perspective, Team Invest members would look at this and say, forget it, never made a profit, not even worth looking at. Yep, okay, Grady? For that reason, we have a spec buy on it. <laughs> <laughs> For that exact reason. <laughs> well, I'm glad it's not my money. <laughs> well, it's a spec buy if you're interested in this space. Um, 74 cents per share is our price target at the moment. The company uh, had a pretty strong result in the first half. Um, their but its losses were more than ever before. I understand because costs were higher. <laughs> so they're looking at global expansion, which is good, but they're also looking at growth on the earnings front through their IP generated info cases, which is going to another 360 markets. So with that in mind, that often that offers exposure in revenue and targets 1.3 million in annual primary transactions and an estimated 1.2 billion in commission pool per annum. So 
if this is executed correctly over and so Q3, far the management has shown that they're not capable of executing a profit correctly. <laughs> so if something changes, <laughs> then this execution can undergo. If the execution is done, we're waiting for the results in Q1 FY24. So that will be determined a determining factor. But at this level, it's a spec buy because the company is expanding globally. They've got stakes in online marketplaces. Everything's going online these days. And uh, yeah, we just want to see the ability to grow the portfolio while managing costs. <laughs> well, let's be clear. A spec buy is money you can afford to lose, right? Exactly. So have a bit of fun with it. It's a bit like saying, <laughs> let's put some money on Afghanistan or Bangladesh to win the World Cup. And it's possible. It is it could possible. Happen. Yeah. Anything's but you, possible. But, but, but you wouldn't say that your chances of getting a win are large. Gee, I should be asking you Australia versus South Africa tonight then. What's your bet? Well, I hope Australia <laughs> win. But uh, looking at the results so far in this World Cup and the team we've got, I'm not that enthusiastic. All right, we digress. Let's uh, get back on track then. Uh, our next one we're going to take a look at is Imdex. Uh, mining services, essentially. This one is picked by Jack. Uh, drilling contractors, um, well, enables drilling contractors, as I should say, and resource companies to, to find and to find mine ore bodies. Uh, it's all about precision here. Uh, Grady, Imdex, what are your yeah. thoughts? Imdex, they rely on contracts and a lot of companies in the mining space have kind of taken in-house uh, what they offer. So the sensors, the end-to-end um, -end mining product technology solutions. So understanding that we've seen a decline in demand for their services over the last year. So that's been, we've got a hold rating and that's been recently downgraded from a buy. Um, the price target also downgraded from $2.50 per share to $1.70. So quite a significant drop there. Um, they have two brands. So the AMC brand, which provides a range of drilling fluids, equipment technology software to um, optimize drilling programs and the Reflex brand, which is the rental services and a range of downhole instrumentation and subscriptions and annual analytical software. Software. So the fact they have the annual analytical software is a really strong revenue driver because you can then get their annual recurring revenue happening. But the AMC is kind of the um, area that we're seeing a lot of the de decline in demand. So with that in mind, um, they had that product mix away from the higher margin area of the tools. So in FY23, they were hurt by that. So the demand for their higher margin products came down at the same time. So they at the same time, also increase their R&D into their technology and division and digital digitization. So increasing R&D, high cost environment, it's not a great thing. So that's kind of a reason that we had the um, hold rating down from a buy. Mm. Uh, they also completed their acquisition this year for, of Devico, which is a leading supplier of directional core drilling services. Um, and the annualized revenue is consistent with CY22 results. So that's looking to uh, really boost their re revenue into FY24 because we generally, after an acquisition, you feel the results and the revenue coming through at one or two uh, financial years later. So near-term outlook is looking pretty cautious. We're cautious on what's happening over the near-term, but the long-term is looking pretty strong. Yeah. So hold at the moment, uh, price target of $1.70. Oh. Yeah, it occasionally passes our filters. It's sort of one of these companies that's in and out. Um, and when you look at what they do and when you talk to their customers, they seem to provide services that are <coughs> really fabulous. But they're obviously not very good at marketing them because they don't make much money out of them. Mm. And when you look at their financial results over the years, they just aren't all that exciting for a company that seems to have such a 
fantastic need from its customers. It, it always seems to me like they could probably charge twice as much for what they do than what they actually charge. Um, so their return on equity is sometimes more than 10%, sometimes less. Uh, their earnings grow some years, fall other years. They had a very big loss in 2016 where they lost $56 million, about as much as they make in three or four good years. Um, so from a point of view of Team Invest, we would look at this and say, it looks like it has potential, but it's not, if, seeing as you only want 20, 25 companies in your portfolio, you certainly wouldn't list this in the 20 or 25 best companies that you could possibly own. So a, a no from a Team Invest point of view, but they seem to have fabulous products. And services. If you had 26 companies in your portfolio. Maybe if you had 50, you'd get to them. <laughs> right. but, um, I don't know, I haven't counted exactly where, but but it certainly doesn't make 20 or Okay, 25. so you're not overly negative on no. it, but you say, why would you go there? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, okay, I get it. All right, let's move on then. Uh, we're getting to biotech now with Immutep. And uh, this one is picked by Ken. It uh, look at, yeah, biotech company uh, looking at the field of uh, immuno in, immunotherapy, I should say, for cancer treatments. Uh, it's got a couple of candidates here. It's lead one. I'm not about to pronounce this. It's shortened to EFTI. Uh, developed for treating specific cancers, uh, including uh, non-small cell lung cancer and uh, neck uh, uh, squamous cell cancer as well. Uh, has had some success, certainly, terms, in terms of those trials. Um, Howard, what can you tell us about Imitab? Yeah, I mean, look, I hope they succeed. Uh, any time there's a biotech doing treatments for or something to help people be cured from nasty things like cancers, you want to wish them all the best and hope that they succeed. But it's been going a long, long time and has yet to make any revenue, let alone any profit. So... Uh, its losses get higher and higher each year as trials get more and more expensive as they get to the latest stages of trials. It hasn't got anything that it's had registered yet for sale. Um, it's completely speculative. It's one of these things that if you want to do something good for the world, you want to donate some money to charity, buy some shares in this company. Mm. But if you're looking at it for an investment, there's absolutely nothing about it that suggests you're likely to get a decent return on your investment. That's what's so unfortunate by tech companies, isn't it? It's, it's a binary outcome. Yes. It does take so much money Absolutely. to develop And these therefore you're best off with something like a CSL, mm. where mm. they can afford to have 30 or 40 different things in phase two and three trials, besides many more than that in phase one. And if two thirds of them never see the light of day, they've got a big enough balance sheet and enough revenue coming in that they can afford to carry on with the ones that do succeed and eventually launch them and make lots of money yep. in the process. But single or uh, biotech or biotechs with single or small number of candidates very, very rarely succeed. They run out of money invariably before they get to the point of being able to make any money. And then even if they get their thing approved, they've then got to change and become suddenly a brilliant marketing company mm. rather than a bunch of scientists working in a laboratory. Yeah, so still a long road ahead. But as you say... Uh, you Hope know, they succeed. Yeah, absolutely. Fingers crossed they do get this across the line. Uh, so, Grady, what are your thoughts? Spec buy? 
Yep. At the moment, uh, 55 cents per share price target. Um, the company has, um, they've got enough cash at the moment. They closed FY23 with $123.4 million in cash, which is prov- expected to provide some significant runway through to uh, CY26. So a couple of years there, they're in the pointy end of their clinical trials. They had some really good results in the second phase of their FD, of the trial for their FD product. Um, they're... If the, like Bell Potter believes that the lung cancer trial is suitably designed and the product is looking pretty strong. Um, At the same time, if they can produce similar data from phase two into phase three, there will be a good clinical utility and blockbuster commercial opportunity. But again, it's the if, hence why the spec buy rating is on the company. Um, They have slightly higher OPEX for heading into CY24. Um, But again, at the moment, it's all up in the air based on this FD revenue and FD approval. Um, With any healthcare company at the moment, if they're it's a long runway you've got 10 years while they're going through all of the clinical trials all of the phases commercialization a lot of money that needs to go out but if the company does get it through then there's a really high revenue runway and then so, you've got to change a bunch of scientists from being terrific in a laboratory exactly. to being brilliant businessmen who can make a profit put the marketing hat and on <laughs> I, I, i'm originally a scientist and i'm oh. married to a scientist who, <laughs> went a lot further in science than me. And I can tell you, the number of scientists who become good business people is very, very, very small indeed. Well, I'm a marketer by trade, so... You, you'd have a better chance. We should be Much in business together. <laughs> Absolutely. What, what should we start working on, Howard? <laughs> All right, let's round it out uh, with Big Tin Can. Uh, this one picked by uh, Laura. Um, look, you mentioned AI. Everyone gets excited, of course. Is that certainly the case in the first half of the year? It is a sales enablement, uh, enablement uh, automation platform. Um, it did have, well, the speculation, um, I don't know what actually happened to this. Maybe you guys can tell us just as far as uh, a bid for the company mm-hmm. uh, from a... Uh, uh, Cirrus Capital uh, with an offer price there of 80 cents a share. That was back in May, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's languishing and has come off significantly since then. Um, Maybe they looked in the can and didn't like it. The big tin can is rattling around. Uh, okay, Grady? When I first saw this company, I actually thought it was an alcohol company because everyone <laughs> says, like, oh, I'm getting my big, big tin can. Like, it's yeah. just, it's bizarre. But, um, it's a company that I, well, would avoid, to be honest with you. They had a takeover offer worth $400 million in December last year and rejected it. Mm. A second takeover offer this year, we're valuing them at $480, worth $485 million, again rejected it. $0.80 cents per share. They're now trading at nine, well, 31, 30. yep. $0.31 cents per share. So... I am not sure if I was an investor in this company, I'd be questioning why, because you had the potential to more than double my money and why are you not taking it? And the growth runway for this such a company, I understand that they're like they're in the software for um, consumer sales content management, sales coaching, training, document automation, but Anyone who says AI is obviously going to get a bit of hype in this day and age. And you mentioned AI on the markets. It's the word of 2023. Lithium was the word of 2022. So if you mention AI, 
as investors think, oh my gosh, this is amazing. But unless they're actively doing something in AI, they're investing, they have a product, then it's not really worth it. The people are just jumping on the AI bandwagon to get some form of hype rally at the moment. So yeah, again, until I see anything material from the company that's in the AI suite, they do have their technology, the Genie AI, but it's um, they had to borrow money to fund it and develop it and until until we see any proof of what this company, like what the AI does and mm. its execution, it's like, mm, nah. <laughs> and the shares have plummeted 19% over the last five trading days. Yeah, so. okay, so you're not shaking that can. Then. No, I'm All not right. shaking any big tin cans at the moment. Howard? <laughs> I think there's a fair bit of irony in, in this. By the way, I totally agree with Greg, <laughs> but there's a fair bit of irony in this company because they have claimed they have AI to make sales processes, marketing and selling much more efficient. <laughs> but it obviously doesn't work for them because they can't sell enough to actually make a profit. Mm. And in fact, their losses keep rising year by year and they have to keep going back to their shareholders for more money. So all I can say is their product can't be very good or they don't use the product themselves. Um, so for all sorts of reasons, you wouldn't want to own this. And then picking up on and agreeing with Grady on, you know, why didn't they take the offer when they got why? an offer for the company? Yeah. Well, here's, I haven't looked, yeah. so I could be wrong, but here's my guess, because usually why do directors not take an offer mm. that is clearly good value for shareholders? Mm. Usually because the directors don't own very many shares. Okay. So they're looking at it from a point of view of, I will lose my cushy job as a director, yeah. paying me a hundred grand or whatever it is a year yeah. that I'm being paid as a director. Um, they don't look at it from the point of view of, gee, the shareholders who I'm supposed to be looking after are yeah. going to do well. Yeah. It's why we in Team Invest are so anti-independent directors yeah. because they very rarely have skin in the game. Yeah. So they never look after the shareholders. Yeah. Good point. All right, let's sum it up then the second half of the show uh, with PWR Holdings then. A uh, well, Grady points out it's a, a niche business there, uh, particularly that focus on F1 and so on. It's got a hold from Grady. Um, Howard, though, uh, saying, well, they should remain niche. They're growing at the moment, perhaps better off private. It's a no from Howard. A frontier Digital Ventures and a void from Howard. Loss making, never made a profit, he points out. Whereas a spec buy from, from Grady. Um, saying it is expanding, they do see some potential there. Index in the mining services space, uh, um, Grady pointing out that, look, it has sort of suffered given a lot of miners have gone in-house for this. Uh, for a Bell Direct, they've downgraded it from buy to hold. Uh, Howard, though, it is a no, uh, but um, saying particularly with disappointing earnings, does see potential there nonetheless. Immutep, uh, Biotech, we're pointing out this is um, it is a binary outcome for so many of these companies, although it is for the greater good. So we wish them well. Um, Howard pointing out long time uh, for it, no revenue. It's been uh, tracking along this pace given many trials and still they come. Uh, it's losses building, so it's a no, whereas Grady does have a spec buy. Good to see there's a believer. <laughs> and finally, they're well in agreement. And it is a double avoid for Big Tin Can. All right, that is the show. Grady, thanks for joining us in Bill Direct. Thanks for having me. And Howard from Team Invest. Thanks Pleasure. for joining us. Great being on. Love Absolutely. it. Absolutely. All right, any stocks you'd like us to cover, go to osbiz.co forward slash callpicks or tweet us at osbiztv. Stay with us. The Pulse is up next.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.